0: We're so encouraged by all of you that um, are viewing online. Um, You know, it's been encouraging the people who live here in the River Region and also people across the nation that have joined us, and we thank you so much. Very encouraged to see you guys here. Um, When I sat down about uh, 9.55, I felt like it was... You ever been in the movie theater when you and your wife are the only people? And you're able to turn to her and say, hey, baby, I reserved it for you. I, I thought... I thought that's the way it felt for a moment here, but so glad that you have come in and uh, love love us getting to see each other face to face. We're all familiar with the common term of sticking points. Maybe you were taking a test and you studied really hard and you got to a section you had not studied for and you got stuck, or you're an athlete and you've had a great season to this point, and then you run into an injury that just stops it and it's tracks or maybe your sticking point is that you're new to a city and you came and you were having a hard time making friends that it is and then this pandemic put you at a sticking point maybe you are a builder and you're digging through a mountain and you came literally where a place where you hit a rock maybe you're like me and you got a project going around your house and you get to a point you just you don't know what the next step is and you call a friend to say, please come help me, I'm stuck. It's so easy in the world we live in right now to feel like we are stuck and we've reached this sticking point that's stopping us from reaching our goals. That's the story of the life of Elijah that we're studying. We've got one more week with Elijah. But, but this morning, what I want to do is introduce you to another term, I think a powerful term, which is, Unsticking points. This was true in the life of Elijah. Oh, yes, he got stuck, but God did all kinds of things to bring him to a point where he could be shook up and unstuck. And when I look at his life and I think about the things people tell me when they get unstuck spiritually and have a major move, it's the same things. You hear them over and over again because we all need those unsticking points. It's like living in East Montgomery and you're digging in that prairie soil, that beautiful, how in the world did we get prairie soil in Montgomery, Alabama? And you're digging and your shovel is all full of this mess and then your shoes get it on them and you forget to wash them off and you go back a week later trying to get that on. You're going to have to knock it against the wall. You're going to have to wash it off. It's just stuck. And so... We need spiritually, because spiritually, sometimes I get to that same point. We need some of those unsticking points. Let me give you five of them to begin our message. Number one, I was broken. Most times when someone really grows, they come to a point of a trial. They come to a point where they they literally hit rock bottom. That's what happened with Elijah. He hit rock bottom. He didn't even want to live, my goodness. I was talking to a, a young man this week who, um, you know, very successful, everything going his way, was hurt with God, spent most of his teenage years living in rebellion to God, thought he could break the laws of God, but the laws of God broke him, and he ended up in a point where he was suicidal. But it was the point in his life where he gave his life to Jesus. Talking to um, one of my favorite people here at Landmark were our young Christian, Tim Stroud, and I love the way he put it. He was telling me about his his testimony and coming to Christ. He said, my way wasn't working. And when you get to that point, when you're shook up by trial or failure, it can change you. I'm talking to another friend who's a really good baseball player, and he's graduated college, and he was playing in a league in California and making some progress. And then he broke his thumb. And he's thrown everything off. Does he go back to college? Does he still seek to go pro? And he told me about some advice someone gave him I thought was brilliant. They said, go home and make a list of all the good things that have happened in your life. Every success, every good thing in your life. Then make a list of every bad thing that's happened in your life. And then he said this, go back and look on those lists and circle the things that were life-changing And he said to me, everything I circled was on the bad list. Because in those moments that I got unstuck, number one, I was broken. Number two, I was convicted. You know, Elijah is so down, he thinks he's the only one. And God brings a truth into his life. Elijah, you're not alone. There are 7,000 people who've not bowed to, to Baal. And he was convicted by that truth. It's so often in our life. It's when we come to a point where we learn something new that we didn't understand before. For most of us, we we grew up not understanding grace really well. I can remember my own life. The moment I got grace, and it was by a really odd way. It wasn't through Romans or Galatians. I got it later. It was through watching the way Jesus treated his apostles. In the way Jesus was patient and loving and forgiving was very different than the God I'd grown up believing in. And man, that was a spiritually life-changing moment for me. Or maybe it's when you're reminded of a truth. I mean, you, you, you know it's true, but you, you really haven't been convicted about it. Convicted means you're cut deeply about it. I think one of the best things happening through this COVID-19 crisis is that... God is painfully revealing many of our idols. How many of you have already been pointed out some kind of idol in your life that just means too much to you that's been taken away from you? I can only imagine if they cancel college football season, the idol that's going to be revealed. Because God uses these moments to convict us of things that are true. I like what one writer says, when everything is uncertain, everything that is important becomes clear. Now, if you've got your Bible or your phone, go to Romans chapter 7 for a moment. I want to demonstrate these first two points. I was broken and I was convicted. This is the Apostle Paul we're about to read from, one of the strongest Of all Christians, at any point, look in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, when he describes how broken he is spiritually. Verse 14, we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm unspiritual. Sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And I do what I do not want to do. I agree that the law is good as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it, but sin that's living in me. Look at verse 21. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good. Evil's right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. You're talking about somebody who's struggling. You've been there before where the things you really, the goals you set, you hit those sticking points, you couldn't get them, especially spiritually, and and the things you didn't want to do, you're shocked one day, you wake up and you're doing them. Remember, there's no chapter divisions in the Bible. Because Paul doesn't land there. He's convicted about some amazing truth. I'll give you two verses from chapter 8. Verse 1, therefore there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let's go on to verse 2. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And then just look at verse 11, talking about some power to overcome sin. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. What's Paul saying? What's the truth he's convicted about while he's struggling with sin? Is it the same power that resurrected Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit, was available to help him overcome sin? And when you're convicted by something like that, you can change. Here's the third unsticking point. I hear this one quite often. I met someone... Elijah needed God, but he also needed Elisha. You and I have experienced that. You met someone in your life that just, the delta of their influence was huge. God brought someone in your life who saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. Someone who made you believe what you thought was impossible Was possible. It might have been a friend. Might have been a father figure, mother figure. Might have been a parent, a mentor, a coach, a youth minister. But that person came in, and your life was different afterwards. God uses people. I think of Jeff Arrington, who just led our communion thoughts a few moments ago. I think of all the people him and Linda have influenced in the young professionals. I guarantee there's a lot of them that can go, my life was different after I met the Arringtons. I think of Thomas and Kristen Olison, who were so impacted by them, who said, would you perform my wedding ceremony?" I think of all the people, a long-term saint like Don Taroad in this church, his influence, a person like Junior Bagel, who Don first said years before, I see in you a shepherd. And how many of us here would say our spiritual life is different, our marriage is better because we met Al and Connie Milligan? And I could go on and on and on because often we're changed when we meet somebody. Number four, I had an experience. I just had this experience. Maybe um, it's like Elijah. Elijah was in a cave when God, thunder and lightning and earthquakes, and then God shows up in almost a contradictory term, a silent whisper. He had an experience. Often, if you're in small groups, someone may ask you to graph your spiritual story. And you put the highs and you put the lows and you put how God has worked in your life. And and listen to me. So often, those highs are some kind of experience. Maybe it was a near-death experience where you were shook up. Maybe that idol was revealed and you repented. Maybe you went on that retreat that was absolutely awesome. Or you came to assembly like this and God's Spirit was moving across this place and you became different. Or maybe it was as small a thing as seeing a beautiful sunset or sunrise. Or like me, sitting in an apartment and talking to a chair and pretending God was sitting in that chair. Maybe you were just all alone and the presence of God came all over you. But you had an experience. And then number five, I looked in the mirror. You, um... You ever have that happen with you physically? Maybe you, you pass the mirror, mirror and you go, Oh my goodness, I need to get on an exercise program. I was playing with my granddaughter Eleanor in the pool yesterday and she said, "Grandbody, your stomach is so cushy. <laughs> that was a moment of conviction. That's why I'm sucking it in this morning. You know, you, you have that moment where you see yourself. It happened to Elijah. It happened to David when Nathan tells that story about someone abusing a neighbor's sheep and Nathan says to him, you are the man. Maybe for you that look in the mirror was when you got married or when you had children and you recognized how selfish you were. Maybe that moment was when You found yourself in a sin that if someone had said six months before you would do this, you would go, there ain't no way I would ever do that in my life. And now you see yourself different. It might be as literal as one of the great testimonies in our church of Ed Bice, who was addicted to cocaine, who found himself estranged from his family, out of a job, and in a poor pitiful hotel room, and he just happened to look to the side and see himself in a mirror and fell on his face before God and began changing. You see, I love all of these five unsticking points. Look Look at the whole list with me for a moment. I want you to begin thinking right now I was broken, I was convicted, I met someone, I experienced something, I looked in the mirror. I, I want I want you right now, because we're, we're going to start closing out here. I'd like this to be a moment of conviction for me and you. Which of these is God currently working in your life? And guys, despite the fact most of us so ready and so tired of this thing being continuing and we want it over, I see God working in all five of these ways in an extremely powerful way. And so I'm asking you this morning, I want you to think for a moment, which of these unsticking points, which of these is God using to shake you up? You see, see, what I don't want to have happen in my life or your life is for me and you not to take advantage of this moment where so many things are being pointed out and we actually have time to think about it. You see, let's just, let's just review for a moment. Maybe there's been a point where you have been broken. Is that you? This just broke you down. Or you found that moment of conviction. I mean, there's a truth in your mind right now. Or God has blessed you. Maybe even through this, by someone you didn't expect to stick with you. By someone are you, like so many of us in the middle of this pandemic, have had an experience? Are you seeing yourself in a mirror and you don't really like it, and you're ready to change? That brings us to unsticking point number six, and this is really important. You make a choice. You come to a point because God has worked these five things in your life that you come to a point, you go, I'm sick and tired of it being this way. I'm taking advantage of this moment, and I'm making a choice to follow God. I'm making a choice like Paul. I cannot do it on my own. I'm a wretched man or woman, but by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, something can happen. And here's what I want to remind you of. God will not take your choice away from you. God is not a spiritual bully. He's not going to make you do the right thing. Well, why would he not if he's God? Because he wants a love relationship with you. And a love relationship always involves a choice. So today, are you willing to make that choice? I love Joshua 24, verse 15. Joshua's challenging the people of God about which God they are God. or they can follow the gods of the world or are they going to follow the true and living God? And Joshua says these words, Choose you this day who you will serve. It was a choice. So maybe you've gotten to the point my friend Tim was when you will know that my way isn't working. So I want to do something uh, this morning, a little bit different. I, I need, I need a, a volunteer to come across this stage and hold each one of these. I need five volunteers. Who's going to hold broken? Just jump up right now. You'll get out later if you don't come. Okay. Come on, buddy. Come on. Come on over here. Come. Oh, my sweetie. Good, good. Uh, five people. You, Jeff, you hold broken? Call All right. Here's our next one, convicted, just sort of spread socially distanced across the stage. Be like the worship team, cheat a little bit. All right, hold that, all right. Okay, I got one more I need, one more person. Jonathan Vila, thank you for volunteering, come on up here. Y'all scoot a little bit across? Come on, bud, all right. Now, here's what I want you to do. Again, we're taking enough time to meditate today, On this lesson sort of sums up everything we've been studying. Which of these five is God using in your life? I want, I want you to sort of land on one or two of them, and how God's doing it. Now, here's the important part: what choice are you going to make to act on what God's doing? So, it's like two two parts of this meditation. What's God doing? And what are you and I going to do about it? It's a great opportunity. Will you make that choice? I love this story. I've never noticed till this week in Luke chapter 13 of this woman who is bent over. There's a certain disease that you have a pain in your back, and the only way to relieve that pain is to bend over. And what happens with people who have this disease is they they stay bent over and their spine begins to fuse. And before long, they are permanently bent over. Jesus is just teaching in a synagogue and he notices this woman. I mean, she's not like the woman who runs up and tries to get his garment. She's just in the crowd and Jesus called her out. Maybe God's calling you out right now. But here's the cool thing. She took that first step toward Jesus. And Jesus says, you are healed. And today, I want to challenge you, what is that step? Maybe you're needing to be baptized today. You put it off for too long, and God shook it up, your life, and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus. We'll make it happen. Or maybe today is the day that you need to go to a friend and say, you are that somebody I think God's put in my life, and I'm not taking full advantage of this friendship. Can we start praying together? Can we talk on the phone once a week? Can we meet? Or maybe today you need to, let me give you our number up here today, for you to call for a prayer request, for you to text this right now. We started last week trying to restore this front row and I want to challenge you to take your phone out right now and give us a specific prayer request about this. Unless you identify this as only for the shepherds and staff, then we're going to share it like we did this week with the church, and we will have this whole church, virtual and present, praying for you. But take your phone out and dial this number, three three four seven two one four five four eight, and make a choice. The problem here is that... Satan's going to convince you to just have these things happen, but you're not making a choice to change it. So one more time, one more time. What's God doing? How's he working? And what choice are you going to make? I'm going to start this prayer with a time of silence for you to pray about what you've just identified. This could be an unsticking point in your life. Many of us have been stuck way before this pandemic. Our survey a few years ago said, number one spiritual problem at Landmark is that too many of us are stuck spiritually. So so as I give you this moment of prayer, I want you to to pray about how God's convicting you and to commit to God a choice you're going to make to be Unstuck. And then I'll close our prayer out. Let's pray together. Father, we we all agree that we don't really like a lot of what's going on right now. We're ready for this pandemic to be over, ready for a vaccine. We're ready for you just to take it away, God, and we, we ask you boldly to do that. But Lord, we do acknowledge that you are working through this, and you're working on us and in us, and Father, today we've looked at, at five things that happened in Elijah's life. And, and frankly, I may be missing something, but every time I hear someone who's had a big change in their life, they say one of these five things. So God, this is an exciting moment for us to be able to say. You know what? It was, I was broken back during that. Maybe I was even broken financially because of what was going on. Or I've met this person and we developed a spiritual relationship. I made a choice to follow Jesus because my way was not working. So Lord, please, free us. Give us boldness. To make the choice to follow you. God, we confess that we know we can't change ourselves. We don't have the power. We feel exactly like the Apostle Paul. The things we want to do, we don't do. The things we don't want to do, we end up doing, God. But we, like Paul, want to meet the power of the Holy Spirit and feel the freedom of being no condemnation in Christ. And Lord, I pray that this message is not a message that anyone will leave feeling condemned. They will leave feeling changed because we made a choice. God, please bless our church families. We're all spread out. Bless every person right now that's watching online. Bless our small group ministry as we're trying in different ways to stay in touch with each other and help us to be stronger. Father, I pray a special blessing on our brother Delbert Madison, whose son, Delbert Jr., passed away this week. Help us to know how to minister to that family. Father, God, help us to be aware of what's going on around us. Help us to be proactive. Father, please unstick us wherever we need to be unstuck. And thank you, God, for all the things you do. Lord, it's not by a lack of action on your part. Give us the courage to make some choices. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.